Hey, happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome back to the I-5 Corridors Traffic Report. Tyson Alger here, joined by Shane Hoffman. Beautiful and day, beautiful day. Beautiful day, and we just want to, we want to get something out of the, just out of the way here at the start. We wouldn't want to be hosting any other podcasts. We're, we're happy here hosting this podcast. I don't know why. Uh, you know, if, if our names get floated for hosting a different podcast. The grass isn't always greener. Yeah, it's not always greener, and it's just... It's just a tribute to the work that we're doing here. We want to win here. Exactly. It must be November, Shane. How are you doing? It is November. I'm doing well. Today, today saved me a little bit. It's sunny out. It's been a not a rough stretch of weather, but kind of what you expect this time of year. And every every year I spend out here now. This is year six for me in Oregon. Oh, man, that's good. Crazy, yeah. right? And. Every winter, I I find myself succumbing a little bit more to the seasonal depression. You you open up the door and it's your old friend, Sad. Yeah. And um, you kind of forgot that he shows up every single year. And he he seems more intimidating every single year. (laughs) I once had had a friend tell me that if you're ever looking to make like an important life decision, like if it's like a career move, don't do it in the middle of Portland summer. Hmm. Because in Portland summer, you just get this veil of this place is incredible. Yeah. I mean, especially this summer. It... We, we barely even got into the hundreds this summer. It was like 85, was 90. For, it, was, it was great. And then you kind of forget that come November, it can be pretty rainy. And uh, everyone thinks that your college football coach can be poached. Absolutely. How's that for a transition? That was beautiful. Yeah. You wrote a great column about it before he came out and said, I think, said what we expected him to say. You and I, at least. Yeah. I Okay. Dan Blaney is the smartest coach Oregon's had that I've covered, I think, and like surpassed well, Helfrich. Yeah, because I, I think I think Lanning has more kind of foresight than than Helfrich did. Um, I I believe Lanning and what he said yesterday, and he came. That was of all the the years of of Oregon coaches being on the the coaching carousel. That was the most emphatic. I'm staying at Oregon. Mm-hmm. Why would I go anywhere? And it sounds like he actually means it. That's also the only response that Oregon fans would have taken in, in right. this scenario, scenario well, he's too. He's been very intentional, though, since, yeah. I mean, on the day he was hired, on media day, ever since then, at every juncture, he's been very intentional about it. Um, it's so funny how little time these coaches need to start getting mentioned it's, after after one job. I mean, he's done a great job. Right. But it's interesting because it's, it's not even two years in, and, and it's not too many weeks ago now that people were... You know, criticizing him nationally for rash decision making is the the yeah it's the reactionary um, mm-hmm. the, the the time to react is so quick these days um, and it's just interesting like what you're paying for with coaches too because this season Lanning going into this season they gave him that contract extension that made him the richest coach in Oregon history um, put him up like kind of a mid plane national about like where you would expect him to be nationally. Um, and at the time that was like, okay, this guy's had one season of college football, but it's almost, it's almost like you're paying and anticipation yeah. for, for what they're going to do. Um, so with that being said, uh, you know, I, I absolutely hated the yearly contract extension noise that you would get when crystal ball was here yeah. because it was every year it turned, it's kind of what we were referencing earlier about it being November. Uh, cause crystal ball always kind of, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I think he ended up having three different contracts at Oregon. Um, 
And I, I don't like that at the same time. I, I think at this point with how much is changing within college football, how desperate programs are to immediate, like to have a quick turnaround and a mm-hmm. successful turnaround and to have a name. I think, I think Dan has turned himself into one of the most valuable commodities in college sports right now. And it wouldn't surprise me if after all this is said and done, he still ends up getting another bigger contract from this out of Oregon that uh, might take some people aback by the price that it Mm -hmm. uh, has along with it. But I think he's worth it at this point. And yet again, if Oregon... Or or, or worth it in in quotes, because like what what is worth at this point? (laughs) No, but you know... Oregon's going to pony up if they need to. I don't see them losing a coach because of money concerns, let me put it that way. Because that hasn't hasn't been an issue with these other coaches. It's been they have this this pull to some other program or area of the country. Lanning, he also said, you know, to that point, if I, he's like, I feel taken care of here. I know that you know they will give me what I need, and I'm already making a lot of money. I don't really see a little bit of money changing my mind. And yet again, I I yeah. think his family is is just fine. Well, and and at the same time too, like one of the points I tried to make in my column yesterday is Oregon is a good job. Like it's the program can facilitate wins. It's it's the Ducks have had 13 10 win seasons since 2000 and that's been under five different coaches. Right. Texas A&M hasn't or I sorry, Texas A&M's had one of those. So it's Oregon has shown that it can recover and kind of quickly recover from uh having to reset. That that being said, I I think I think that this one would hurt. Like if, if Lanning were to leave like right now or sometime soon, I think this one would hurt the most because just the people in that building love him. And I'm not even just talking about the players, like staff, not even the coaching staff, but just overall staff feel like they're treated better, that they're respected more. Like it's okay. It's okay a, it, sourcing. Yeah. It, it's a very, uh, it's a lot more of a, a homey atmosphere within that place. And I think it would be pretty tough for them to not only like lose that, from the quality that they're showing on the football field, but just from like what they've built like within that that community right now. Look, Landing is not going to spend his entire career in Eugene. I would be shocked. It might be the NFL. It might be you know another program at some point. But I do think there's merit to the fact that his kids are you know thirteen, ten, and yeah. seven or something. I don't know if he wants to move them again before they're off to college, and that's you know five years for the oldest one at this point. So. I think he's here to stay for the foreseeable future. And um, go ahead. I I just don't see where if if the money is there and the ability to win a national title is there. And I think that we're getting into a window where that's realistic for Oregon. There's, I don't I don't know what would be a better job within college than that, unless you really want to take it upon yourself to like succeed like at Nick State. That was kind of the joke the joke kicker at the end of my column is mm-hmm. like. Why would you go to Texas A&M when the options Lanning will have is either going to be, like, become a god at Oregon or, like, have, like, your absolute top pick of jobs. And while Texas right, he's is- going to be mentioned. I'm just preparing everybody. Every time a big job comes open, no matter yeah. how big of a job it is, Georgia, he will be Alabama. on the short list of, you know, five to six candidates. Georgia and Alabama are the two that I would say would maybe be hard for him to turn down at this point. But again... If he delivers Oregon his first title, if he's doing 
this in a different way in a different part of the country. That's that's legacy making. That's like legacy that's... making. And I think as a young person, a young professional, I'm sure he wants that. And you know, it's already lining up to be this way, but it will continue to be this way if he keeps doing what he's doing. Like Oregon, yet again, is the power of the West Coast. And I think there's something to be said for the move to Big Ten because I do wonder if we're having a slightly different conversation had that move not happened. I'm curious your perspective on that. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, that seems like it, it tied up all the loose ends about what this program can and can't be. Oregon's not going to be at a loss financially, even even if we start looking into like a post-Phil Knight era. And you know this is something that really I need to report on more, but... Of, of how Oregon is kind of set up for that, but and I'm I'm sure there's there's contingency plans that are, are been put in place, but um, yeah, like they're they're going to be on the same playing field, they're going to be in the same TV exposure. Yeah, they have a few years until like the the they earn the same rights from the conference just because of when they came over. That doesn't matter. Um, it's it's about yeah. optics and exposure. And if if you're riding this high from like this year, like the Big Ten is going to promote the hell out of them year especially if they're good and they're well, gonna be good. yeah that's the other thing i was gonna say i i still don't think people really understand how good some of these west coast teams have the potential to be in the big 10 that conference outside of three teams i've said it earlier this year i'll say it again is disgusting football <laughs> it is is just putrid football like, I, I grew up in the midwest like i feel like i can say that yeah it do, do you do you think that the top end of ohio state and michigan clouds everyone's vision to what yes. what the rest of and it has for yeah. years at this point it's wisconsin and iowa but those teams are not teams that ever scare anyone on a real national level when this when this new conference is put together ohio state i guess penn state and michigan will be up in you know three of the top eight programs every year in that in that mega conference the west coast teams will probably be the rest of the eight I don't even yeah. even a UCLA, USC, Washington. I say even like they're not you know great programs. They will they will each year have the potential to be vastly better than the other bottom dwellers in that conference. It's um, it's interesting looking at the situations of the other schools that are going into the Big Ten too. Um, USC is probably not as confident in Lincoln Riley as they were a year ago. There's probably not a whole lot of columns coming out in the next week that are going to predict them to win the national championship next year. Uh, I think Chip Kelly's going to get fired at UCLA. Remember two years ago when that was kind of a, a point of discussion is should they bring Chip back to Oregon? Right. Washington. Kalen DeBoer's press conference yesterday wasn't nearly as rah-rah inspiring as, they're gonna, as Dan Lanning's. They're going to lose and that's a, a lot. Yeah, that's a that's an athletic department that's not in as financially sound of a situation as Oregon is. I'm glad you brought this up because I, I've had some interesting just kind of moments just sitting and thinking to myself of like of those four, yeah, four teams, like when you look across the athletic department, what teams are set up the best to have success? And again, Washington, it's only their football team driving this right now. Yeah, the, the, oh my gosh. Their they're, hoops teams are not going to do anything. Yeah, and and, and, and like they've kind of publicly like waved the flag on the hoops team yeah, too. It's just yeah. kind of like, look, we can't we can't do anything about which, this right which now. is which is honestly a travesty given how much talent is Dude, in that, their, that in their she, they they should be every bit as good as like the Arizonas and like the No yeah, question. Yeah. 
it's, it's in terms kind of, of recruiting hotbeds for hoops. Yeah, Washington is right up the, there. The, the, the fact that Oregon has just been rinsing Washington in basketball for the last decade is telling. Yeah. So you know you, you have Washington. We're on a complete tangent right now, but I kind of yeah. Enjoy no, it. I like this. Yeah, the, um, the, it's it's like the TikTok version. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're gonna lose their offensive coordinator and or their head coach. I would I would wager. I think even odds, if not better. Uh, Penix is gone. The receivers are gone. There's a chance they lose everything that's made them great and their whole identity in one offseason and then ends up in the, you know, kind of facing the Big Ten next year. UCLA, you know, they got hoops going. Same with USC. And so I wonder, like, how those quote-unquote warm-weather teams uh, adapt football-wise when they're going to play in Iowa at, like, 9 a.m. Pacific time on a Saturday. Um, Yeah, I'm super curious. But I, I think Oregon, as soon as they go to the Big Ten in football has a chance to be the best team in that conference. And that's something we were not going to be saying any of the last five plus years. Yeah, it's um it's a weird spot for me to be in because I don't I don't want to come across sounding homerish and I think I've done an okay well, enough. Well you grew and, up a Washington yeah, fan. Yeah. How and, could you sound yeah, homerish? And, and and I think I've done an okay enough job throughout my career here of of trying to like walk that line. But a lot of the stuff that I'm trying to look objectively at at Oregon right now is coming up very positively, and that's or positive, and that's that's including how they're playing this season. Like it's, um, you know, I, I think one of the things that we do a lot with like good football teams and programs too is you're always looking for like the nitpicking thing, and even in this game, the USC game, I think like the second question to landing was about penalties. Mm. Um, and that's fair because like their their expectation is there and Lanning's not gonna come out and say, like, hey, we played great, we did this. But the more I like, watch this team, like this is a really good football team and I and I also like wanna kind of appreciate that for, for what it is too, because like we've seen some really bad ones uh, over the last ten years. Um not, not 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 a lot of bad ones, but like we but we've seen kind yeah. of Yeah, so it's it's uh I'm I'm trying very uh, hard to not like make this look like that I'm because like like even the column yesterday of like Oregon being like a Texas better than Texas saying the end job anyone down there is gonna be like this guy's the Oregon writer like he's right. well he's, you had a lot of facts in there too it yeah, wasn't an it, op-ed yeah and so that's 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 what I'm I think trying to to say is just like I I legitimately think there's a lot trending in Oregon's direction right now um go Ducks <laughs> <laughs> you were you were in uh Eugene for the first night game of the season uh, they had the whole blackout God, in the crowd. Such a long game. It seemed pretty loud. Yeah, said. yeah. It was a it, it was a very it was a very lively game. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't the most electric atmosphere I've seen, but also it wasn't a top twenty five team they were playing. Right. But it was it was a fun crowd. It was it, it was loud. Um, there was loud. There was loud. Uh, Caleb Williams was a hell of a lot of fun to watch play, mm-hmm. especially from the kind of the all 22 angle, if he had an offensive line uh, or a defense or really anybody else on the field that wanted to help him in that game, it would have been interesting. If but, he had ball security, that yeah, would also help. Exactly. Um, but man, he, it's probably uh, the only other player that I've seen that's been like that dynamic on the field that I've seen is probably Marcus. Mm-hmm. And I think Caleb's going to be a better NFL player than him. So that yeah. was fun. And it was, even better for the Ducks to witness that and still 
put them in their place relatively easy. I know the score got a little close there at the end. I wasn't entirely worried about it. In a game where one player, even a quarterback, rarely is able to completely impact a game the way maybe in basketball one player is, he is the best one-man show in the nation. I mean, I, I told you this last year, but when I saw him play in Corvallis, they sucked. And yet, the whole night, he's making obscene plays, and he's the only one out there that seems like he's doing anything positive. And then, lo and behold, end of the game, he makes some plays. So I don't think you can come away feeling too disappointed about Oregon. It was close on paper. You know, it was a nine-point game that wasn't that close. Shouldn't have been, probably should have been less close, really. But again, Oregon's defensive line just Dude, murdered, it's, just it's, whipped that team. That, I, I know. That, 26 pressures or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the, the, the offense is what's getting all the pub for Oregon. And as I wrote, Bo Nix should be at the front or close to it of the Heisman conversation. The biggest difference between what was a good Oregon team last year and a great team this year is just what you said. It's that defensive line. It's that front seven pressure. It was almost every play the Ducks mm-hmm. were just blowing up that front and, and just stuffing them up the middle on run plays, too. Like USC yeah. couldn't get anything on the ground against them. And there is no way, no matter how the season pans out, that they will have to play a quarterback like that again. Yeah, They might play comparable talents, but not a quarterback quite like that. Have, having seen... Williams and Penix now. I still think like, what you can't underestimate at all Washington's passing attack because it's more complete, especially with the receivers that they do have and the their ability to get in sync is mm-hmm. is incredible. But just as like a singular talent, like Caleb is miles ahead of Penix, and I don't know how that translates to the NFL, but just from like a oh, holy shit, that guy can take over the game himself. Like it's yeah. it's Caleb. I, I, just a side note, I'm very curious to see what it's like when he does maybe have a better offensive line and when it's more, okay, you have to drop back now and you have to rely on your footwork here and there, what that looks like. Because it's kind of hard to, you know, reverse that programming, it seems yeah, like. His, his ability, though, to buy himself time, get on the run, and he's got such a quick release that mm. still launches downfield. He had a couple... He had one that like he he rolled out and then he just like flicked his wrist and the ball sails like sixty yards downfield and it was like man because like from that angle too like he doesn't look like that big of a dude no he's not you do get down on the field he's he, well built he, yeah I was gonna say like he's thicker than like he kind of looks like a running back out yeah. there to be honest um, yeah I was I was thoroughly impressed and best spatial awareness of a quarterback oh, dude, I've seen in quite a while. <laughs> that 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 two that two point that they didn't convert yeah. where he was running to the sidelines and still like I know that was like a meaningless play but it was just like holy cow the the Bo Nix thing is funny because he's now favored on a lot of books as you know for for the Heisman I think rightfully so and yet it's funny that this was the game that he surpassed whoever to to become the favorite given. Uh, you know, I'm watching this this quick highlight, you know, compilation on Twitter. I think Pac-12 might have put it out or something. It's like, Bo Nix put up a Heisman-worthy performance with 400 yards, four touchdowns. And then the first two plays, it's like he flicks the one to Tez Johnson, and Tez makes an incredible spin move to get a touchdown. Yeah. And then the second one, Dude, wide open, and Troy just burns everything. So everywhere. many of their touchdowns look like the peak Oregon offense touchdowns of the Chip Kelly and Helfrich years, where it was just like... Quarterback makes the right read, hits the open receiver who has nobody around him, and then it's just like home run plays. It's just the 
the efficiency at which Bo Nix runs this offense. I know it's not as sexy as, as Williams running around there, or he doesn't you know necessarily have the beautiful deep ball that Penix does, but just like his overall command of this offense is awfully impressive. I have a um, a funny just statistical who's who for you. Okay. Because you're right. This this offense looks dynamic. Troy to be six three and be able to move like that on that play. I think I appreciate it more and more every time I watch it because he's going to run a four three something at the combine. Does he get bored if he finishes a game with 140 yards, but he only catches two balls? I'm sure. Yeah. So Roma Dunze is the guy in the Pac-12, yeah. right? Yeah. And he's probably going to be the first receiver taken. Maybe a second, sorry, because you got Marvin Harris. Belichnikov is spelled R. <laughs> oh, what was that when we were driving home from the Unreal Washington? Unreal call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they're both about the same size. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Adunze is a little bit more well-built. He's got better maybe jump ball abilities. Who do you, I guess, who do you think has more receptions? Troy. Troy, by one. Yeah. 59 to 60. More yards would be who? I'm pretty smart at picking up patterns, so I'm going to say Troy. No, but he has he has, he has seven less yards okay. than Rome, and he has two more touchdowns, 11 to 9. It, it is interesting that... Uh, and this is a more balanced offense that throws the ball less than Washington does. I just think that's interesting. It, it, I, was, I was just about to say, it's interesting how with the comparison between Knicks and Penix, it's often like, oh, Penix is a much better passer. But he also, according to everyone nationally, you know, Washington has the best receiver. So it's like, like how is this working with Oregon if Troy is getting more or equal yards and Nix isn't as good of a thrower? Like something's got to, right, something's got to bend, bend here. Yeah, well, Bo Nix still has, and I don't think this contradicts anything you or I have said this year, he still has the ability to make more different types of throws off platform out of the pocket than, than Penix does or has. Penix is a sniper back there and will continue to be maybe the best deep ball. He's, he's more of a... He, Penix looks more like a 2000s quarterback right. and Nix looks like a 2010, or like a 2020s quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a game, I think, for Oregon where most years it's, uh, well, you know, there's a lot to nitpick, right? They win, but there's a lot to nitpick. Don't particularly see it that way. I think they could have played better. They should have played better. It doesn't really give me any concern moving forward. They've got ASU, which will be a weird 1 p.m. It's, game, it's, and then they've got Oregon State, who's all of a sudden 10th team in the nation. The, the one thing that I love and hate about college is how uh, each single game is is picked apart like mm, that. Like, yeah. like in the NFL, like teams are just like if even if, if you're a heavy favorite, if you're winning by a field goal, you're stoked. Like it's a win, a win's a win. It's hard to win in the NFL. In col- like in college, it's like Oregon dominated that game. They still win by. Nine, yeah, nine. They still win by nine. It wasn't particularly ever like in doubt. No, and it's like, no. oh well, you know, I'm not quite sure if. I, but you also are looking through it at the, at the lens of like, is Oregon going to be able to compete with a Georgia or a Washington in the Pac-12 championship right. game again? So you want to see them be able to execute throughout an entire game. But There's like, no style points. But like, the, yeah, this is like a Saturday night. It's midnight. Yeah. <laughs> like they didn't lose, and I'm kind of quite glad that they're not playing in the middle of night. Of the night in Tempe on Saturday this week, that would be that would be frightening because yes. because we've seen how that's gone before. Being the middle of the night, um, I, this is maybe a lack of due diligence on my part, but the Corridor Cup, Oregon versus Oregon State, five thirty kick on Friday. That's weird. I'm kind of I'm okay with that. I'm not not okay with it. I just think it's interesting because also that's going to be the 
state high school uh, football championship that oh, same yeah. night. I wonder what the media does. The I, think, I know what I think I'll go to the corridor. Um, <laughs> Me personally, I do enjoy the five thirty kick because I'm not going to get home at three in the morning like I would if it was seven thirty. But so one in the morning. I am also going to be able to enjoy my Thanksgiving without being like, God, I got to be on the road at eight o'clock tomorrow mm. morning. So it's it's kind of best of both worlds, although. It is kind of nice when it's on the Saturday because right. you get that like one day buffer. But on the other hand, we get to watch football. Like having having a day off on Saturday, like during college football season, and then just watching college football is great. Absolutely, it's it's, it's, it's wonderful. So I'm yeah, you to forget that. that the Pac-12 does these Friday night games because they're usually I don't want to say throwaway, but it's usually a top whatever team versus a bottom whatever team in the Pac-12, um, and it's just weird. That'll be an interesting one. Um, I don't know. Do you have? You know, you know, you know who impresses me, and yeah, I. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Kenny Dillingham. Mm. Just they they got the barn doors blown off of them. What was that? Two weeks ago, and he, like, there are a lot of coaches who will do like the like that's on me, like, and I, I think that's often a way to actually escape criticism <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's just kind of like this blanket. But like, I've I've watched a lot of that dude's press conferences this year, and he tells you a lot. He's accountable. He follows up on things. Um, and the way that like, they've been able to like continue to kind of like bounce back and battle and like, like that, that guy hasn't lost his locker room at all. Mm. And, and he doesn't have nearly the most talented locker room in the conference. I think the ducks will smoke them. I think the ducks should smoke them. Um, but I, I, I think that that school is poised to do well under him, especially now that they're going to get an athletic director that seems to be, uh, willing to look into the future. <laughs> Not to mention that, you know, they have had years, and including this year, where they've been outshone by Arizona on the gridiron and on the basketball court. And Arizona's athletic department is in what seems to be complete shambles, kind of a dumpster fire financially right now. It read as if someone was siphoning money. I mean, I don't know how you come up two hundred million something short on your projections. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I but I imagine they're probably pretty happy that they're not depending on Apple subscriptions next year to bingo. Keep keep things going. Not a bad transition by me. I'm learning from you. Yeah. Um anyways, I, I agree with you on ASU. Uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was it was it was fifty five to three Utah over Arizona State on November fourth. Yeah, and then just tough. a week later Arizona State beats UCLA seventeen to seven. Unreal. Um, Unreal. The way that they've manufactured offense with nobody. Who, yeah. Once um, he gets a quarterback, he can trust. And maybe that's that's their freshman that you know got hurt earlier in the season. That's gonna be interesting. Um, I think I think he will have a good run there. Um, Did you watch the um, Oregon Montana game? No, I didn't get to watch much of it. Um, I, didn't, I didn't either. Shocker there yeah. from you. You're usually pretty tapped. I will and go Grizz, right? But yeah. Did you have any takes on it? No, I was, okay. I was actually kind of hoping, hoping that I was actually kind of hoping that you did. Well, it's it's it was a it was another funny game where they were missing two starters and then they were missing the two freshmen, which I, we knew they were going to be missing. But I, I think they're expecting expecting Shellstad back this week. So right, for, and I don't think Dante or Sarzuela um, was he was he who was out? Yes, Sarzuela. I don't think either one of those guys is supposed to be out very long. So yet again, I'll say it. I said it the last time we recorded. I mean, just the fact that they are still dealing with these injuries, but they are unblemished. I know it's 
been literally two games. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited to see that Michigan game, though, because Michigan actually looks pretty good. Yeah. I think Michigan will be able to challenge them in a lot of ways that they'll need to be challenged just because Michigan's got kind of an interesting makeup this year. Um, that being said, that game is on December 2nd, and the Pac-12 championship game is the night before. Oh, man, that's So rough. that's going to yeah. be a... Uh, Perhaps overshadow. Yeah, yeah, a little. (laughs) (laughs) Dare I say. Well, what's new? I was going to ask you about your your Thanksgiving uh, food preferences and and plans. Oh, yeah, hit me, hit me. Well, I'm just, I'm curious, are you, I don't know if we've had this discussion, certainly not live on the podcast, Um, are you a, you stick to the classics on Thanksgiving are you uh keep some, throw the rest out, and and recycle what you might do? I uh, I like I like the mainstays. I like turkey, like, like stuffing. Turkey. Love me some cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes. Oh yeah, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> wait, wait. Do you think this doesn't <laughs> like mashed potatoes? Uh, hate with a passion. Uh, green bean casserole. Yeah, I'm I'm, a, I'm yeah. actually not really a casserole guy in general. I know there are probably some good either. ones out there. No, I like green beans. Yeah, I, I do like green beans too. Not a, not a big green bean casserole guy. I don't hate turkey, but it's never something I look forward to. It's the only way I consume turkey is like lunch meat. Right. So unless you have some sort of way of doing it, like a deep fried turkey or, God knows what else. The past few years when I've been with my family. We've done, like, prime rib. Oh, nice. And then we've done, you know, the mashed potatoes we, and everything else, and that's much better to me. Yeah, like, like we've never been, like, I wouldn't say, like, we're super traditional, but, like, we've never really, like, like purposely, like, gone outside of the boundaries mm. of Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, but also, like, I've worked a lot. Like, I think I've worked the last two Thanksgivings, or last year was PK. That's right. Or was that two years? No, that was, was last, last year. year. Yeah, last year was a PK. Um, I've had that a couple times before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I ate a lot of food at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Fed me for like three days. But like, we, we also used to be, um, like for Christmas, we used to be like super traditional. Like mm-hmm. our, our family would always do, like my mom would bake like a, a really like fancy like prime rib dinner on Christmas Eve. Um, and we'd yeah. break out like the fancy cutlery and all, like okay. all that sort of stuff. And then as we all just got a little bit older, and this is before like I left for college, I th- I think we just kind of were like, you know what, this doesn't need to be so like formal. And I think yeah. it was, it might have actually, I can't remember if this was a Thanksgiving or a Christmas Eve, but there was one day that like we just went out uh, on our snowmobiles for like the full day and like made like grilled cheese sandwiches, that and it was dope. it was like the best holiday I've ever had. Like, yeah, this year's gonna be a little bit different. I didn't see my family on Thanksgiving last year because I was covering events, PK. Corridor Cup. That, yeah, that's it. But, you know, busy. Um, but this year will be interesting. My sister, stepmom, and dad are, are flying out. Ooh. So I'll be, I guess, quote-unquote hosting. They'll be staying with me. But I think on Thanksgiving Day we might cook at my place. Um, that'll be fun. There'll be some good football to watch. Um, yeah. You, you, know, know. you know what's going to be fun? Well, <laughs> specifically this part won't be fun, but I'm, I'm going back to... Uh, Alaska this weekend for my grandpa's funeral, and you'll be covering the uh, the Oregon State uh, yeah. Washington game for us. Um, but I just looked at the temperature, and not only has Alaska been having like record snow mm. uh, for this early of the year, but the high degree for Palmer, Alaska, on Saturday is five degrees, and the low I think is like negative eight. So 
Oof. It'll be a fun time. As someone who I, I don't have warm weather clothes anymore, and see that's that's really? that's the problem is because like after after no I, long underwear or anything like that, gloves, beanies. I I do have I have you can scrap together yeah I can I can scrap it up together but like I I did like a mass purge of all my warm Alaska stuff when I moved to Hawaii after college mm. because like hey makes sense makes sense you be you you've adapted well to where like you'll you'll pull up to an open press box game in November and you you usually do like one layer yeah but I complain a lot oh okay yeah I I've been known to complain a little bit <laughs> at, <laughs> at uh. At games, press box situations. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I grew up in a cold weather place. I, I miss the snow, so it's cool you get to see snow. Five degrees is exactly why I left, though. That's crazy. Dude, it's 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 one of those things. I, I daydream about home sometimes and of like, oh, what would it be like to like go back up and, and move there? And I I'm, I'm very aware that you remember like the good things. And you can even... Uh, view the bad things through too much nostalgia of like mm. oh man I missed that crisp morning maybe it'll happen to me in the next five years it hasn't hit me yet yeah I no, don't miss no, it no man it's it's better here it's <laughs> I actually can't believe it's been six years I know four of that was college but that really snuck up on me because yeah. you always look no, 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 you're no, like I, you've been here for ten years and when you say that I'm like holy yeah crap, you're that's you're, a long you're time. gonna blink and all of a sudden you're gonna own a Substack and be pigeonholed into covering this damn region for let's hope not the rest man. rest of your life. That would be a subscribe to tough outcome, right? <laughs> um, no, yeah, the the blistering cold though. I know we're just kind of going on and on. It it's uh, it's so different for people who haven't experienced it. Nothing can prepare you. Your skin is messed up for sometimes weeks afterwards. I I go to Chicago a lot because I have friends and family there, and I spent some time there last winter, and it just destroyed me. We we used to have outdoor hockey games for high school, and the cutoff the cutoff. For coldest it could be was twenty below. Like you still had to play it outside right. if it was like nineteen. And I remember one game we were playing in Glen Allen, and it was like eighteen below, and the wind was blowing thirty miles an hour, and it was miserable. I got like my jaw knocked out of that game and didn't notice until afterwards because it was so cold. <laughs> Oof. Um. Lastly, have you made it to a Blazers game, and do you understand the midseason tournament? I haven't made it to a Blazers game yet. I don't quite understand the midseason tournament. Do you care? Is the last question there? I, f- I find the discourse entertaining because mm-hmm. uh, because otherwise I wouldn't really be because I, I feel like when the NBA starts you enjoy it for like the first two weeks and right. then like you kind of get back lost into the fact that there's other more pressing things going on right now. So, um, Blazers Grizzlies. But but but, but, but I yeah I, I I have no idea what exactly it means. I think the courts look horrendous oh, on TV. They're jokes. Um, Most of them. They they're they're cool to take pictures of, but they like if you if you don't like Matthew Knight Arena's court, yeah, <laughs> like these the these. color blocking with just bold yeah. primary colors. And um, I I did I did find it funny when uh, uh, the Lakers beat the Suns and LeBron was like, "Woo, in season tournament, baby, we're coming for yeah. <laughs> like like just just so so obviously selling." Blazers thoughts at all? Have you watched much? Do you care to watch much? Not right now. They need Simons back very badly. Yeah, very, very much. The Malcolm Brogdon, Skylar Mays point guard rotation is uh, less than desirable. Hang the jerseys. Yeah, and I don't like watching Jeremy Grant. Uh, what'd you eat this week? 
Not a bad weekend because I had some friends in town. So um, we went to Almost Hideaway, which I've been to twice. Hits every damn time. You should go. Highly recommend. Family style, Asian fusion. Went to Hot Yai. Been mm-hmm. there a few times as well. Might have been the third time there. Uh, Thai I like, like sort that's of. That, that's a good spot to hit in the summer, like downtown or like not downtown, but across the the water. And... Yeah, there's a few. They got two locations, oh, both good spots. And then just to top it off with more Thai, we got takeout from I'm gonna butcher it. Cow Mudong Dang, solid spot. Would eat again. Um, there's a just ungodly amount of Thai places here. What about you? You know, it was actually a pretty tame tame week. Uh, I've been trying to cook at home a little bit more. Tempting. Although, uh, a place just opened up across the street called like Mosaic Brewery. and they have, Oh my God, they and, knew you lived here or something. Yeah, and they uh, have, uh, it's like a Vietnamese uh, oh. uh, kitchen that, oh, that operates out of it. And okay. it's got some potential. What are we talking? We got some like crispy egg rolls that were... Uh, I mean, I, I'd, I would, I would have to, I would have to like bring you the full menu too. Are you a, a pho guy, a banh mi guy? Love both? a good, love a good banh mi. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, pho, you know. Hit or miss. Yeah, it's just like it, soups warm me up a little right. too much. So. Yeah, actually, I did go to a pho pho le win out by me. I I did do that yesterday. That was good banh mi. Got the soup, which is still in my fridge. Mm. Good Eats, and with my family in town, I will be spoiled on terms of Good Eats because they will want to try restaurants, and I will happily make reservations and show them my favorite spots. Palomar, here I come again. Yeah. All right. Uh, coming later this week on the corridor, we're going to have a goodbye Arizona State. Goodbye, my sweet friends. We're still getting a goodbye Cal somewhere. You know what? I <laughs> I will talk about this off air. <laughs> Cyrus, I I know that you wanna. I know you want that. Some stuff came up. I, I think I might drop it on you in the middle of December as like a... When the Hoops team plays you, them or you, something? You know, you know, like when you buy an album and then like a month later they're like, for digital exclusive listeners, yeah. we have two new bonus songs. Like the Cal, the Cal Goodbye piece is going to be part of the bonus. That's going to sell like crazy. Exactly. Numbers. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, please subscribe if you haven't at i5corridor.com. Talk to you later.